Hey friends, part of the collective and even the heart of the story is this idea of rebuilding, this supernatural renewal where the walls of the city are rebuilt at a miraculous speed. And one big part of what we want to do with the mediums that we operate on is continue to offer ways for you to reconsider and reimagine your own faith. We're at a crossroads in what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And I think what I love is uh, Richard Rohr says, Christianity is still in kindergarten. It's still way too young and unaware of all the things it doesn't know when it comes to the world it's living in. And I think that's true. And I think this recent cultural move to deconstruction that's happened over the last few years and will keep happening is what happens when you stop reimagining and when you just fully assimilate to culture and to what's put in front of you, which is why we have issues like purity culture, um, bad theology, corrupt uh, power structures, and abuse. And what I love, though, is there's always been, I don't like to use this word because it's overcharged, but remnant of people who have preserved the true tradition. And a lot of things um, that we find that seem to just have this soulish resonance have had that resonance for thousands of years. And a lot of the desert fathers and mothers have always held on to that tightly and held on to it in a way that really brings the clear, good picture of the Christian tradition forward. And so what we're going to start doing is just taking ideas and concepts and reintroducing them to you. Our desire is not to win you over, but to expand your perspective. Uh, We live in a world that needs you to be on one side or the other. And at The Collective, we're really not interested in that. What we're interested in is uh, making the Jesus tradition beautiful and maybe less making it, but revealing the truth of it so people can see the beauty. So the more that that can happen um, and the more we can contribute to that, that's what we would love to do. And so we're going to take different concepts and ideas and some of them are probably going to bother you and others are definitely going to make you uncomfortable and that's okay. But what we want most of them to do is expand your thinking and open your mind to what it is it's in front of you in order for you to see the Jesus tradition more beautifully. So today I want to talk about repentance and I want to talk about how that's a really stupid word that was mistranslated and yet we all just take for granted. And actually the the Greek word is metanoia, which actually just means changing one's mind. In our kind of modern understanding, it's this idea of like turning around, repent. You know, we see the street preachers repent for the kingdom. God is near or watch out. You're going to hell when really it was supposed to be this invitation to question yourself. It was meant to be an invitation to ask your mind to reconsider. It wasn't supposed to be this intense religious thing. It was really just saying, change your mind or 
Maybe it'd be better translated. Open your mind. Prepare yourself for transformation. So when Jesus says, repent, we should see him say, metanoia, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying, look, if you try to find the kingdom the way you've always been thinking, you'll miss it. So you need to change your mind. You need to become open to the idea that you can't see it the same way you always have. Speak to your old ways of thinking and prepare to receive a new way to live. It's different. It's different than just get baptized, pray this prayer, and suddenly you're going to be different. It's what I call the whiplash of the Christian faith where we tell people, you know, how do you repent? You pray a prayer and suddenly, okay, things are going to be different. When really this metanoia, this metamorphosis should remind us a lot more of butterflies than it should of any sort of religious ceremony. We're being invited into a process of transformation, one that will begin when we're first introduced to the way of Jesus and continue throughout our lifetime. This ongoing just openness to the changing of our mind is what we're being asked to do and being invited into by this word, which would make sense when we read Romans then, be transformed by a renewal of your mind. Be transformed by this reopening, this reimagining of your mind. Be careful not to get stuck in the same old way of thinking or you'll miss it, is what this is saying. And then you begin to connect the dots then to the ways that if you're not careful about what you believe or if you're becoming closed-minded and rigid or fundamentalist, then you're going to miss the metamorphosis that's going to be required of you to enter or to see the kingdom. And the more and more we avoid that or run from it, we will miss out on what kind of transformative experience we're being offered. So this metanoia, this transformation, it just is connected to the way you think. Don't think the way you've always thought is what Jesus is saying when he was mistranslated to say repent. And what's interesting about this idea is uh, this concept of the principle of first mention. So it's this um, neuroscience kind of idea that the first time you're introduced some to something will affect every other way you ever hear it or how you filter any new information about it. Um, an easy example is if you grow up in a church where you're told that scripture clearly states women can't preach or teach, then anytime you hear an argument that says they can, you're naturally going to be skeptical because the filter you were given was one that made that sound like it was heresy or false teaching or could get you in trouble. It doesn't present this open-mindedness, this openness to new and, and alternative ideas, a changing of the guard, so to speak, mentally is necessary if you're going to follow Jesus. Over and over and over again, he said, you've heard it said, but I say, 
he came challenging the ways all of Jewish culture and even Roman culture in the world thought and taught. And if you weren't open and in a place to receive it and, and be transformed by it, you resisted it. You wanted to kill him for it. That's why the Jews were so against him. And the Pharisees were so frustrated by him because he was introducing this new and open way to understand a tradition that they had thought, no, this is clearly the way it is rigidly and certainly here is how it goes. And when you have these filters of the first ways you hear things put over your eyes, well, then what he's asking you to do is frightening. And we live in a, I would say, a, what is called is a dualistic world. There's good and bad, Republican, Democrat. There's male, female. We have these intense dualistic um, definitions to our world. So it's black and white. There's no gray. And what Jesus is saying is, look, if you can't live in a space of gray, in a space of metanoia, then you're going to miss out on what the kingdom is saying to you and what the kingdom is trying to reveal to you. And so we need to worry less about repentance, meaning I'm going to get baptized today or really just grit my teeth and pray one more prayer asking God to forgive me. But I'm going to become the kind of person who's open to new ideas in front of me. I'm not going to hold on rigidly to things to the extent that I can't learn new things or have them challenged. And you know, what I find is most interesting is that the people who hold on to certain beliefs most rigidly or violently or just kind of the froth at the mouth, there's no room for doubt, it must be certain, they are actually the most um, fragile and unstable when it comes to the things they believe. And they've actually proven this, that like age 19 to 25, it's what you could call as this intellectual puberty, where your mind is able to hold new concepts abstractly, kind of flip them upside down and really explore them. And what we have is these growing generations of you know people coming into faith at those times. And if their ideas are given to them from childhood really rigidly, and it has to be this way, well, then they go into college and they have a professor who can destroy the New Testament and their faith is over. Or if they're not given the opportunity to explore those things in that age range, they actually leave college. And when they enter this kind of working world, and I found this myself as a college pastor, their faith would collapse and it would crumble. <laughs> When even just life, not necessarily new ideas rubbed up against their beliefs, experience won, and they had nothing left to say. Their faith fell apart. And so if we keep holding on to these rigid, tight, and immovable faith structures, we'll actually be more prone, I think, to lose our faith than to keep it. But if we remain in this state of openness, if we recognize that we're in a, a metanoia, a metamorphosis, always ready for a new stage in the process, we'll actually become more and more open. Our faith 
will be allowed to be challenged and pushed, prodded, and pulled apart. We can practice midrash like the ancient Jews, this art of seeking every possible interpretation of one text. And we can be transformed by it. We don't have to be afraid of it. You know, for the longest time as a maybe more um, frothy young Christian, I really thought that I had to have these airtight arguments for why I believed what I believed or this this rigid sense of like, if I'm going to talk to you, only I can be right. And so I have to have a good argument if I think you're wrong. And I've just come to realize how stupid that is. Like, I, I don't care if you don't believe what I don't believe, but can you have a discussion with me about it? Are you open to talking about why I think you can look at scripture a certain way or see the world in a different light without it making you insecure or even violent in some cases? See, I think that's what Jesus was getting after when he said, look, the kingdom is right in front of you, but if you can't change your mind, if you can't open yourself to, up to seeing it, you'll miss it. And so you have to prepare yourself for transformation. And so if this is intriguing you in any way, what I would suggest is find some resources that challenge the way you've always thought about things. And when you start to step into the waters that make you feel like, oh, I'm really uncomfortable, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Not to run from it, but to explore it. Ask yourself why it comes from that place. And what you come even seeing in the life of Jesus is everything that everyone thought God was or who they knew him to be, he completely blew to pieces. No one could ever pin him down and he never landed on one side or the other. And so we can hold that belief with him knowing we're in a process of metamorphosis. And so let's open our minds to metanoia, not to religious ceremony that makes us feel like we've done enough and repented, but let us be people who are going through this continual process of open-mindedness, of being willing to challenge our own beliefs for the sake of becoming more loving and inclusive and more aware of what it is God's doing in front of us. Because if we don't change our mind to see it, then we'll miss it. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. As always, we want to help you rebuild the holy imagination that we are all meant to have. You can reach out to us at nehemiahcollective at gmail.com or look us up on Instagram and send us a message. 